Hey everyone, this is Wesley Town. Thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Conversations Around Christianity and Culture, Season 1. Where is God in my suffering? The last five years of my life have been extremely difficult. My wife has faced more serious medical challenges in that span than most will experience in their entire lifetime. It has been heartbreaking, deeply discouraging, confusing, and overwhelming. We have both walked through many days, weeks, and months of deep discouragement. We have felt beyond weary. Facing all of this, some would think that God must not be present. But for me, I feel the exact opposite. I have never felt God more near to me. I have never felt more encouragement and help from God to get me through each day than during this season of suffering and pain. People who are suffering often feel alone and misunderstood. You might say, is God anywhere to be found? I feel completely alone. Or, does God understand what I'm going through? No one else seems to. Here's the reality about our good, gracious, and compassionate God. God is not distant from us in our suffering. God is not hiding from us in our suffering. God is not afraid of our brokenness. God is not uncomfortable with our brokenness. In fact, God wants to be right there with you and me in our brokenness. And God understands everything you are going through. And he has a measurable mercy and compassion towards you. Again, Psalm 34 verse 18 says this, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. It's worth repeating. It's so potent and powerful and personal and relatable to those of us who are suffering. Consider Jesus. He is the son of God. He lived a perfect life. He never did wrong, never sinned, and never took, partook in injustice. And yet, Jesus suffered throughout his life on this earth. He was misunderstood, rejected, betrayed, persecuted, wearied, and ultimately crucified on a Roman cross as an innocent man. All throughout his life, that included immense suffering. He was in perfect relationship with God the Father. The Father was always with him. The only time he was disconnected from the Father was on the cross when he was suffering for us so that he could forgive all of our wrongdoing and all of our wanderings away from God and reconcile us back into a, an eternal relationship with God the Father. In episode two, I would like to answer the question, where is God in my suffering? In the most simplistic terms, this statement, God is with me, is the answer. In the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, and one of the first narratives in that book, Genesis chapter 3, a man named Adam and a woman named Eve are in this perfect place that God had created. They're in the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve chose to go against God's design for their lives, they felt ashamed. They felt disconnected, so they hid from God. 
They even tried to cover themselves as though God would not see their brokenness and their wandering and their rebellion against his good design. Yet, God pursued them. This is the first picture of God pursuing us in our brokenness in the entire Bible. They were flawed. They had done exactly what God said not to do. And yet God was not hiding from them. God was pursuing them. In Psalm chapter 23, verse 4, the Bible says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is with me in the valley of the shadow of death. When we are suffering and things seem dark all around us, God is with us. He wants to be present with you, helping you every step of the way, even in your darkness. Psalm 27 verses 13 and 14 state, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. When the psalmist was going through a difficult time, he knew God was present with him. And not only did he know that God was present with him, but he knew deep in his soul there was hope that his life would not always be like this. And even if it was on this earth, eternity was before him and life would be hopeful in eternity where there would be perfection and no more struggling and no more enemies and no more pain in his life. There's a story in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus was with his disciples. It goes like this. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. So him and his disciples are going across the Sea of Galilee in northern Israel. They all get into a boat. They're weary. They're tired. So Jesus falls asleep. The story continues. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. They're in this boat. The waves are so tumultuous that the boat literally is being swamped by these waves. And notice, Jesus is sleeping. He's tired. He's weary. He's not worried. He's not afraid. And they went and woke him saying, save us, Lord. We are perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he rose and he rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? I love that story. Yes, because Jesus had authority over the winds and the sea, that he could calm the storm. But I love this story even more because Jesus wasn't on the other side of the sea. Jesus wasn't in a safe place. Jesus was right there with them as they were going through this fearful situation. What an appropriate picture for your life and my life. As the seas of suffering and pain and challenges and heartbreak and loss are 
feeling like they're overwhelming us. We're drowning in our pain and suffering. Jesus is with us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, God spoke a word to Apostle Paul. Paul was the writer of much or half of the New Testament. And he also uh, planted and spread the gospel all over the Roman Empire, planting many churches uh, in the Roman Empire. Maybe he had more influence on the beginning of Christianity than any single human being. Yet he went through a lot of suffering, a lot of pain, a lot of persecution, a lot of opposition. And he had a physical illness. He prayed and prayed, oh, take this away from me, take this away from me. But then this physical illness stayed with him. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, God says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. What does he mean by that? He means this. God's grace to help you, sustain you, strengthen you, give you fortitude to keep going is always with you, even in your weakness. Where is God in my suffering? God is with you in ways you would not experience otherwise. His deep love for you, his outstretched hand to help you and sustain you, his immeasurable compassion toward you, his unending grace toward you. God always desires to redeem, help, and be present with us during all the seasons of pain and suffering in our lives. I personally am more aware of God's grace in my brokenness. I have experienced the reality of God's grace more in my brokenness than any other time in my life. God embraces our brokenness. God embraces our weariness. God embraces our messiness. He wants to help you. He wants to sustain you. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you the fortitude to persevere. Why? Because he loves you. There's a verse in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 8, that says this. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. My encouragement for you is this. God loves you in all of your pain and brokenness and messiness. Draw near to God today. He promises to draw near to you. He promises to help you and sustain you and strengthen you and encourage you and be there for you during every painful season of your life. You can count on it. He's done this for me. He will surely do it for you. And remember, God loves you. There is nothing too messy. There is no brokenness too awkward or difficult for God. He loves you just the way you are right now in all your pain, all your suffering, and all your brokenness. We'll see you next week. Look forward to joining you. That's a wrap for today. Thanks again for joining me. This is a brand new podcast, and I would love for you to help me spread the word. You can send a link to your family and friends, post something on your social media, and write a review on iTunes. 
thank you for your support. I can't wait to join with you next week for more conversations around Christianity and culture, season one.